0: Good People, Cool Things is a podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. Get inspired by their stories to do your own cool thing. And here's your host, Joey Held. Welcome to Good People, Cool Things. Today is all about writing. I'm chatting with Chris Koppel, author of Far From Birdendell, Dell, Luck, The Lodge, Legacy, Lakebed, and The Upcoming Liner. He's got all kinds of horror stories out there and thrillers that will keep you on the edge of your seat on your toes and turn those pages Chris was born in California and has spent his time both in the sunshine state there that's Florida the golden state whatever <laughs> for California's official name is Spain France Switzerland and England He's also an accomplished drummer and guitarist, so we're talking about his worst gig, which I always love asking, and Chris does not disappoint with a fantastic answer. We're also chatting through his writing process, some of his inspiration, and the tip that he has at the end of all of his writing sessions that put him up in a good position for success the next time that he's writing. So you want to stay around for all of that. That'll help even if you're not writing a book. It'll help get whatever you need to done as you're getting through your day. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can reach out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at GPCT Podcast. You can also reach out joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com or support the show via the merch store, goodpeoplecoolthings.com slash shop. A couple of new items coming out pretty soon, so pick up a hoodie, shirt, hat, mug, or all of the above. Really line up your house with lots of good stuff. Just like this episode, there's lots of good stuff. This conversation with Chris. Let's get to it. For people who don't know who Chris Koppel is, can you give us your elevator pitch? But can you also tell us the elevator that you're on while you're giving us this pitch?
1: I'll give that a try. Um, (laughs) I always dreamt of of being a writer when I was a child um, and used to write little stories. My father was a very well-known writer. He wrote Vertigo, amongst other things. And somehow... um, as hard as I tried to, to follow a career in writing, I ended up following a career in the technical side of film and television, um, much like another one of your guests, Craig Liener, um, who I in, actually worked with uh, and was in the technical operation group of a number of studios, um, and at one point ended up in Washington, D.C., working in the technical department of uh, the World Bank and the IMF. Uh, Cut to a few years later, I find myself in England. I'm trapped here because of COVID. Uh, I'm not sure what to do with my life. And uh, something just made me sit down and start writing. And that was uh, September, a year ago. And I'm working on my 10th novel since that time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how, well, well, we'll get to all that first, but going way back, you said you know you've wanted to be a writer. Since you were little, do you remember the first thing you read that kind of inspired that? Was it was it something your dad had written, or was it something else?
1: No, I think it was something to do with the lifestyle, and also that's what Daddy did. <laughs> I, I don't think there was any more depth than that. It was just <laughs> like you know, I want to do what Daddy does, because uh, I, I mean I had no idea that it actually involved work because all I knew is that he he would vanish into his room with his pipe. Um, and come back three hours later and spend all day with me, and it just seemed like you know that's kind of cool. I wouldn't mind yeah, doing that yeah. myself.
0: <laughs> so, do you also uh, use a pipe when you're writing? Oh no, no, okay, no, no. <laughs> I know. I feel like that's. I feel like that's the uh, you know the the intrigue, I guess, of or the the characterization of the. the well, 40s we've and we've 50s all seen Craig, yeah.
1: Craig's picture. <laughs>
0: Yes, he's doing doing us proud. He's
1: thing. using props.
0: Yeah, I think I drink too much water while I'm writing. That I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, or I guess tea or coffee sometimes too. But I, I just have to keep taking the pipe well, out that's, of my mouth. That's so. better
1: than the alternative. I mean, you know, so many writers drink something a little that's, heavier. That is true.
0: That is true. What is it? You write drunk and edit sober. That's the old saying. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Have, as, as far as your dad and you, did he? kind of give you any any guidance on your writing process or was no. it just kind of no. jump in there nice no by
1: by when he passed when i was 16 okay. um by which time i was a rock drummer in england <laughs> and my band was uh called monk silver and we were touring uh, and we we hardly talked for the two years before he died i mean we, we we did but i mean not any depth whatsoever i'm not sure i had any depth in me at that time <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna veer to rock drumming for a second because always love chatting music. Can you tell us about the worst gig you've played?
1: Uh, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> we supported Led Zeppelin uh, in uh, the Bath University. Oh wow! And we we were not the the advertised band. The the advertised band couldn't show up, and we were a last minute. And my. Dr- main drum kit was actually on in a rehearsal hall on the other side of town. And all I had was this strange collection of bits and pieces. And we we got to the gig in the back of a a Ford Escort van, which is the, the English way, and set up. And my cymbal stands had all been bent at some point. And so if I hit them too hard, they, they started tilting and would go over. So the poor roadie ended up sort of sitting in front of me um, having to hold the cymbal stands with no ear protection oh,
0: no. <laughs>
1: while I wailed. And unfortunately, that was the time when um, long drum solos were the thing. Ginger Baker had done Toad. And from that time on, every drum solo had to be 12 minutes minimum.
0: Oh. <laughs> That, oh man, I'm just, I'm just picturing that, and it sounds, yeah, like drums are so loud regardless. Yeah, and to not, to not have it ear protect. Oh, yeah, I play, I play, I play uh,
1: an electric set now, and it's so I can tone it down and not deafen myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's an. You still get all the all the benefits of it, I think. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot uh, a lot less painful on the ears
1: my wife can't stand it because while i'm you know i've got reverb and all sorts of things going on in my head and i am doing some incredible moves especially on the you know the lower tom-toms and all she's hearing is click clack click (laughs) clack
0: she's holding up a lighter yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay we'll get back to writing since that's (laughs) that's what you've been you've been at for since september 2019 you've written 10 novels yeah, a lot of people don't even write one novel. So, what has spurred this productivity? I, I
1: started. Um, I was watching CNN one morning, and it was they were reporting on a particularly aggressive um, rally in the upcoming election campaign. And I won't mention any names of which, which (laughs) candidate. Um, but it was, I, I, I just found it upsetting that, that the way that trying to motivate people who I I just couldn't believe really felt the way he was trying to get them to think. And I turned off the, the TV and I pulled out my Mac and just had this urge to suddenly write something. And I wrote an, and I knew the title, it was called Luck. And it was basically a, a, from the time this baby is born, everything that happens is perceived as just being incredibly lucky. Whereas in fact, he had a power to influence people into believing whatever he was selling. And he went through real estate and went through various other things and ended up in, in politics. And the more power he got, the more... Criminally insane he became, and his actions uh, became more violent. And it's a it's a semi horror thriller. Uh, and I I mean I ended up it was close to ninety thousand words in three months, um, and I that was published in September of the following year. Um, and then I thought, well, that's it. That was pretty good, but I had this. This sounds silly, but I had this like bad aftertaste, and i I, I felt I damaged karma by writing this because it was um his his character was very dark. and it took me into some very dark places writing it. So I said, I, I just t- felt like I want to write something fun, and I want to write kind of a, a semi comedic horror book. Um, about a Scottish hunting lodge where all the trophies and memorabilias and taxidermied animals and everything finally take revenge on the hunter hunters, but tongue in cheek. Um, and I ended up writing the lodge and, which was published by a different publisher um, in the same month, which was kind of weird. They both came out at the same time. And, I, th- I thought then that's kind of it because um, I couldn't. I didn't have any more inspiration or any more ideas. And Craig and I were talking, and he said, "You have got to read, um, especially if horror is your thing. You've got to read Stephen King's book on writing," uh, which I'd never heard of, and Stephen King is my favorite author. So that was that was a bit of a faux pas. But I uh, I read it, and it told me something that seems pretty obvious, but to me it wasn't. And was a revelation of all revelations that if you're going to be a writer and you want to write seriously, there's no such thing of walking around doing everything but writing, waiting for that inspiration to to suddenly hit you. You may get a tiny concept, you may, but I was waiting for the entire story to just download, and you know I could just transcribe it. And I I, I read the book and, lear- and learned a whole bunch of of ways to do it and the hidden muse and all these sort of fascinating sort of things that just write and if you have the ability it will just come pouring out but write every day if you can't think of anything um write anyway write an over descriptive scene write the ending write a short story just write and it will take you somewhere i didn't really buy that and but i put it into effect immediately And started on my third book, which was called Liner, which is um, coming out in in, uh, three weeks, I think. And it's by far my favorite book of what I've written um, and is bizarre. And sure enough, I mean, my poor wife, because during lockdown, all we've been able to do is at the end of the day at about five o'clock is go out for a long walk. And we used to go out for walks and just talk about, you know, like the world, the universe, whatever it was. Now it's like just me trying to explain the oddity of me sitting down, having no clue where I'm going, and I'm just suddenly typing a new character and I don't know why. And then three days later in the walk, then that character I wrote, you know why I wrote him? Apparently it's because he was going to. And I find that it, I, saying muse is, is kind of a catch-all, but it, there has to be a word for it because it doesn't make any sense. I sit down and I come up with 2,000 words a day that, that weren't there before, that, that I had no inkling of where the story was going. Um, when I started writing liner, it was nowhere near the, the book or the story. I, I, it was going to be just a ghost story on a, on a ship and ended up being something com- absolutely, completely different and, and 10 times, I think, 10 times better. Uh, and I found that ever since, every every single book I've written, and I'm still, when I finish one, I've gone through five, six, seven edits, and it's pretty much ready to go on to the, the next stage of, of getting it out there. Um, I start having this dread Of sitting down and doing the next one, and is there going to be anything there? And I'm writing one now called Lunacy, which is the first one where I've sat down comfortable that it's going to just come out. Just and 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 don't worry about not knowing what what's going to come out because it something will come out. And it and it has. I'm 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 at I'm at eighteen thousand words. I've been at it two weeks and. You know, I'm very very happy.
0: I, I really empathize with that feeling, I think, of of is there anything left? And so that's awesome to hear that switch of like, hey, I got this. <laughs> well,
1: the scary thing, I, I don't a lot of writers have notes or cards and their wall is full of them and they they plot developments and arrows and everything else. My notes are on my iPad notes and for for luck, I had ten pages. For um, for the lodge, I had two pages. I, I now have two lines, and maybe this one I've I've taken no other notes. I'm I'm just carrying on. I, I I know vaguely the ending, but I'm not sure. And quite often, I'm really decided on my ending, and that's where I'm going. And then when it comes to you know the final turnoff. Where, you know, I go into the desert or I go into the hills. I'm just ready, you know, I've I've taken taken off I'm down to the t-shirt to head in the desert and suddenly the we're going the other way. It's <laughs> like, okay, fun ride. Let's see where we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you have are are you just jotting these notes or do you like when you're out on a walk, are you voice memoing it? Are you like whenever yeah. inspiration hits, knocking them down?
1: It's I'll 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 write them down. Um they can come at any time, and they're 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 sometimes they're big, and it's a directional change. Um, sometimes it's just a tiny, funny little idea or a little little you know thing to add. Um, sometimes it's a chronological problem that hmm. I've created, and it suddenly comes to me: he can't do that. He's <laughs> um, and I, I, you know, I'll just go in and fix it. But all the good stuff comes just while I'm sitting looking at the screen and just, you know, each day, as I finish for the day, I leave a one or two word note at the end of where I am of what the next scene should be. And that's all I really do. Um, I check my my notes to see if there's anything I've come up with um, that needs to take me somewhere or that needs to be, but I will follow th- that those two word notes, which might be, um, you know, view house, uh, whatever it is. And, and so far that's, that's working for me. And I, I feel like I'm cheating because so, so many people dig so deeply. Mind you, my books could just be crap. We don't, <laughs> we're not,
0: a, um,
1: th- there's always that possibility as well. Um, but so many people and some that I know really agonize over getting their story completely lineated before they they put pen to paper for the for the first time and I can't do that because I'm as I don't have a clue where I'm going and I've learned that you know i'm I'm not the I'm not the best driver who whoever it is that's driving needs to be doing it um, i'm I'm much Happier to follow that person than any note. If I if I had a rigid form to fo- let me let me give you a really good example. My father um, wrote a screenplay um, seventy years ago, and I've been thinking it would make a, a, an interesting modern book and modern novel. So, two novels ago, um, I I gave it a stab. And it was really difficult, because I had no problem creating the modern version of it, completely different characters, different time frame, everything else. But I had a roadmap that I had to stick to. You know, I was I was going from City A to City B, and I had to pass through these three towns on the way. And if it hadn't been my father's, Work. I probably wouldn't have held it in such reverence and just gone off onto something wherever it was wanting to take me. But this one, I felt I needed to 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 do. Then and, and that book's called Like. I haven't um, started marketing it yet because I'm marketing yet because I'm still I'm still fiddling. Um, but that that was difficult, and that's what most people go through with writing. It's, it's so I'm I much prefer for my weird eerie method. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that just reminded me of a, a road trip over the summer um, where we went out to West Texas. We're trying to hit Marfa, Big Bend, all the all mm-hmm. the good sites out there. And there's it no longer exists. It got taken down because I guess too many people were graffitiing it and and you know being dangerous around it. So the person who had initially created it, but it was the smallest target in the world. It was you know no bigger than like a, a shed that you'd see in someone's backyard, <laughs> but had the target logo on it. And it was just maybe like 10 miles down the road from where we were going, just like a little offshoot, but totally got mixed up via Google Maps pointing us another way and then just meandered around for so long, eventually found the target. And I almost feel like it was better that way than if (laughs) we had just gone there directly because it was like, oh, we saw all these other things. Mm -hmm. We like spotted a lot of other kind of like, you know, small West Texas enjoyable things. And I was like, I'm glad we did that, even though I'd love to... Stretch my legs like forty five minutes ago, because we've been driving for a while, but it made the payoff so much more worth it uh,
1: when when i go when I travel in those days when we used to travel, um, my wife and I when we go somewhere new, I never buy a guide, I never take a tour. I never do anything we if it's in a city, we just start walking and you know, if, we try to stay away from dangerous areas, but I mean, we find so many amazing things. And if it's if it's um, a different part of, more like France, which is easy to get to from here, um, we, we just know where we're gonna end up, but find whatever route we feel like. And if we see a, a turn off that looks cool or a bridge, and where does that go? We just go. Um, and these poor people who get, get on, fly over to Europe and do 12 cities in 14 days on a bus, and and go home thinking they've seen anything they couldn't have seen in Vegas quite quite <laughs> frankly um just a shame
0: yeah yeah i i don't know how people do that cuz it's it is just like so surface level and i feel like you're not getting the ins and outs of stumbling into a random restaurant or a random corner of town and maybe i mean here's here's a perfect example of the last the last International trip I I took was to Ireland and uh, and the UK and in Ireland just happened to stop in a bar and there was a guy doing old Irish folk tales he was just like this he was probably like in his eighties already and just had all these stories from growing up in Ireland and wow was like you know half half truth half like folklore kind mm-hmm. of thing and he's just coming and he's doing all these wild voices and it just it's like a random Tuesday night and if we hadn't stumbled into that bar that was. Not really in like the main part of town. Never would have heard that. It was so much fun.
1: Oh, that's great. My my wife and I did. We had one of those. Um, we went to Oxford um, for the first time. Um, this is quite a few years ago and we didn't drive. We took this funny old local bus that we've had to change once or twice. And we were only like 10 miles away, <laughs> but it, it was, it was surprisingly difficult to get to. And when we got there, there were all these routes that you were supposed to take and they were marked out and there were tours and, they, and we said, no, I'm just, just not going to do that. And it was the week before, um, the students came back, so there were a lot of um, kids in 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 the gown and the cap and ready ready for for the start. And we just went meandering where we shouldn't have gone. There there ge- guests cannot just walk through. the it, within um, um, Oxford, it's a university town, and there's I don't know how many universities, but the entrances are not like an American university. It's one like small. Arch that was built in the 16th century, or something, and it, it'll say what it is, but it says no visitors. Well, we just ignored that sign completely, and we would walk <laughs> through. And we were walking down these the, these colonnades that we've seen in movies for forever. And we walked. I think it, this was in New College. New College is was built in like 1627 or something. Um, we walked down and to we saw the chapel up ahead, and we went in the chapel and there was a a man at a at a grand piano th- four singers and a cellist and it was the most beautiful sound i've ever heard in my life and the acoustics were and they were just practicing mm-hmm. and it was like uh, you know we'd never would have done that and then when we'd left we thought it's you know it's time for a pint and they're all, we'd passed all these very sort of touristy looking things. And there was this tiny alley um, that looked like it went nowhere, but it obviously went somewhere. And it was right in the middle of the college area. So I led Claire, who's used to me doing this. And <laughs> it, it, it was all cobblestones that were that were worn down and shiny. And we went down and then turned a corner and there was the oldest pub in... Literally, the oldest pub in Cambridge. Um, and it's not on the, the tourist maps. And it's... You walk in, and I have to do I had to do this. And a fire going in the corner. I mean, it's much better to explore yourself.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's so fun. What did you order? What was your pint of choice?
1: Back then, it was probably um, lager Stella. Stella Artois, which is... Uh, Over here, that's considered the um, the logger lout beer, lout being the you know them at soccer matches who drink a few too many and get a bit
0: violent. So,
1: (laughs) just a tradition.
0: Now, I want to go back a little bit to you mentioned how you have multiple books coming out, but with different publishers. So, can I, I think for writers, obviously writing the book. It's only half the battle. There's also mm-hmm. the entire getting it published, the marketing elements to it. So can you kind of take us through your process for that?
1: Well, I'm the first book was what's uh, called traditional publishing, which is where they pas- basically take 90% of, of the profits and take um, you know forever to publish and leave you out of it entirely. Um, and I didn't like that experience very much. Uh, And that's the hardest one to get. I mean, to try and get a a, a publisher to publish you is is Mm -hmm. almost impossible. And then you're treated, unless you're Stephen King, you're you're treated very poorly. (laughs) Um, So in talking to Craig, he he was talking about self-publishing and and, um, the the way that he's found that that works best. And I spoke to a a bunch of people in England and did a lot of research and found a place that... um, are, are very choosy who they take, and they do a partnership publishing. And they charge what I thought was very little um, to do uh, a, a spectacular job, um, and that includes marketing. Um, and they do absolutely everything um, for you, in, including the um, um, story edit, I mean all the different edit stages, the proofreading stages, you know, everything. Um and I was very happy with with them and the way the way they handled it. Um and the second book was uh was done um the same way. And then I found a company to give the book a little extra marketing push called Publishing Push, which is a good name. Um uh, <laughs> And while talking to their um, their managing director, um, maybe the only one in the office, but he's called a managing director, he was telling me that you know we 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 publish as well. We we do publish, and, and we do a different type of publishing. Um, it's not a partnership publishing at all, because uh, the publishing I forgot to tell you the the, pub, the partnership publisher um, retains fifteen percent, which compared to the to the big boys is 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 nothing. This company, if you sign on for the, their marketing package, which I was going to do anyway, they do everything, um, and take it right right to to ebook and and POD print on demand um, cover art and hold and hold your hand through the whole thing i mean they ask you about everything and they were half the price of of the other ones and and they retain zero there's a part of me that you know there's two books that i have put aside that i i think it'd be nice to have them published because i don't mind if i lose control um and it's for some reason they they i i I still have that slight aftertaste of a stigma that that self publishing is a bad thing. But I think it depends on the company. If you if you look online and uh, put self publishing problems, they will come up with the companies. I won't mention them, but they're just nasty people. When you're sending off samples of your writing um, to publishers, you find them in a in a book like Writers and Artists. Um, who, by the way, this book is published by the people who publish most of my books.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Little irony there. Um, the you'll 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 find the publishers who are accepting submissions, and you'll enter their name on on Google, and you'll click the one that comes up first and you'll start this is and I did this once you start going through the process of getting everything they want together to send it to them and then you find that's not them at all it's one of one of these people who have basically hijacked the first spot and they're no, they're one of the ones that come up on the top of every list of don't go near them. They don't answer your phone calls. The art's bad. The printing's bad, you know, everything it, they took forever. Um, they charge you five times what anyone else does and they retain 95% like a real publisher. It's like what? Um, so I, there, there's very bad ones, but if, if you feel in control enough to work with someone over everything. I mean, the little blurb on the back of the book, you know, the back art, the front art, um, the style of text, everything. If you're comfortable with doing that, um, these companies that are intermediary and look them up, get, look them up um, on Trustpilot, find the ones that are um, well reviewed. Um, Publishing Push has a hundred percent five-star rating. Um, So, I mean, that, you know, They're a good one, and my first experience with them is is um, just released uh, a couple of days ago, called Lake Bed, which is um, a creepy one. When I spent uh, I spent a year, but two years ago in the high desert um, of Utah, and um, we were we were an hour and a half from the next big town, and the village, the town was four thousand people. Spread out a lot of farm country, it was at, right on the Arizona northern Arizona border, and it was something out of a movie. Uh, it was um, very, very Mormon, but not fundamentalist. They were, these were sort of very, very devout, very good people, um, very good. Um, family people uh really can't say a bad word about any of any of the ones i met so helpful um but at night as as the as the light started to change all these these little canyons and 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 little gaps and narrow things and caves up in the hills because we were surrounded by red rock you know everywhere um starts getting really creepy and this is before I was writing, but I just thought it would be kind of a, a neat idea to to do something that goes on up there. Um, and at the same time, Claire was working at an animal sanctuary, um, and we we went up there a number of times, and at one point went to um, uh, where they bury the the their the, their animals that die. And I know it's a bit pet cemetery ish, but it's. Um, there was there was something really wonderful about that, but also obviously a little bit creepy and, and some somehow i the writing gene I didn't know I had kind of swallowed these little nuggets of of interest and lakebed is a combination of um people following a, a too perfect dream of when everything in their life's going wrong in l a they get this offer to come up and join this sanctuary um and then. <laughs> Th- things go a bit badly
0: <laughs> well fantastic congrats on that launch which at least right now is the most recent one but uh in a couple of weeks who knows it might be yeah like <laughs> line- an old old fair yeah liner <laughs> will
1: be out um one of the most exciting things that 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 uh, my wife and I did a couple of days ago when I say we I mean she with me rooting on from the sidelines um, <laughs> is she built a website from scratch having having never done so um, and used one of the top companies that walk you through it but it, it's hard to describe how much they don't let you know what to do when you're trying to, there's an expectation of having a background in, in wire framing or something, because <laughs> we'll both read the, the instructions. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but she sat in there diligently I and mean, she's working from home every day after five, she would spend like an hour and a half just doing this. And my website, chriscopple.com is now, uh, is now up and running. And so all my books are on there. And some, some reviews
0: yeah. and things. Yeah the the website design I am I I want to say I have like a rudimentary knowledge of putting a website together, but the people that can really do it and, and do it from scratch. Uh, for me, it's it's anytime there's an error message of just how vague it is, and I I don't understand what the problem is. It's just an error code, but that error code can mean like one of ten things. And there's no context. It's always great.
1: Well, we were trying I mean we were trying to do something so simple. We were trying to line up um, all the books. and and each time a new one comes out, we wanted to add it, which means the size would obviously shrink of all of them. So Claire shrunk. We had three, and we needed to add lakebed. So she sh- shrunk um, luck. And when she shrunk luck, the other three went boink and went double the size. <laughs> and it was like walk-a-mole she you know you, you moved one and it popped up again over here and and she somehow worked out it took about a week of learning what spacers were and how to use these nasty little things um, to, to be able to do this but even now when she goes in and makes one little change she wanted to do a little black bar at the bottom and she did it and then she clicked save and, and the bar, top bar went purple And my name, my name dropped to that size it's like well why <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, love the love the simplicity. Yeah. Love the simplicity yeah. of websites. <laughs> now that that's another good element that I think obviously people, despite the saying of don't judge a book by its cover, people still do it. <laughs> and especially if people are looking at uh, an online website, I'll give bookshop.org a shout-out, uh, which donates to to local bookstores. Um and you know, you're scrolling through, or even at a physical bookstore, you're you're looking at you know several books on the shelf. So, for you, what makes up the elements of a good cover?
1: I like simplicity and power. Um, I don't know if you've looked up any of my books. This is the haunted um, one where the all the. Memo- animal killed memorabilia comes alive and that's what they came up with I, I sent them something completely different because it was it was at Christmas and I sent them um, You can go to stock images or any of these places and find Things that are close and then tell them what you want changed um, but I sent them a, a, a mask it was a reindeer mask for a party, as it was Christmas, and I just said, just have that in the center with one red. It was a golden-colored mouse with one little blood drop coming out of, out of the eye, and they paid no attention to me whatsoever, and and did this. <laughs> and but this stands out. I mean, it's a great. Um, yeah. The new one, which is uh, Lake Bed. We were trying. I was working with their artist. Um, for probably two weeks back and forth I had this vision I wanted um, if, if you read the story it's it, it, back when uh, Native Americans were living on the land something terrible happened to them there which which um, created the whole problem in in the Lake bread Canyon and I, I wanted just a super black lake with the shadow of the red rocks in a canyon and the incredible night sky that you'd have in the desert. And it almost be, you know, a geometric shape. Um, and the star field up above to be reflecting perfectly off the lake. So it's almost a, a, just a mirror and coming from the center of the lake. I just wanted the tiniest wisp of a, a, a small fire tornado. And, No matter how, I don't think the person had ever seen a Red Rock Canyon um, or possibly a star field like that. And it, it, and it, we, we weren't quite getting there. And I said, well, look, if, if we, we got to a point that I went, okay, let's just do that. And it was, it was close enough and it would have been fine, but it, it didn't, it, there was no wow factor. And then, um, the producer said, "What What do you want for the back?" Um, and I said, yeah, "I was I was thinking about this last night, and like what, what I think would be really cool is if we could have a dream catcher, a really nice dream catcher on the back, but have one half of it be charred, as if it's been in a fire." And she went, "Oh my." god that sounds wonderful anyway so she sent me the first sample of the full book with the dream dream catcher here and the the um the not quite working vista of the canyon and i said to her i know this this will drive you crazy cuz we've been doing this forever but I think that dream catcher is amazing that she's created. Can, can we swap? She said, "Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I feel the same way. So it's now this <laughs> black matte background with this beautiful, colorful dream catcher. And she's created a little sort of frame around just a golden little line frame around the side of the book. And the tail, of, tail feathers s- overlap the frame. They stick out slightly across, but one side is charred. And it's there's nothing else, no explanation. Very, very simple, and incredibly powerful. Um, but they, some people say it doesn't really matter if the book's good, and I think that's nonsense because even online, I look at the at the cover. Even even if it's that that big on the, on the device I'm looking at, I will blow it up and I will look at it, and that helps. For instance, if I want to get a, a, a haunting, a good ghost story, and if if I see another eerie looking house shot from that angle with a skull in the cloud i'm you know i'm just not going to go for it i want to see something completely different um and those are the ones i'll go for so i think it matters um a lot of people when they go with the full self-published route which is where you do everything yourself um Including try and find a stock image and build your own cover page. Don't do it. If if you do nothing else, that um, you you can find artists and sites that will do you a custom cover page for two hundred fifty three hundred dollars, um, and that's gonna that's gonna sell the book more almost more than anything else you're gonna do. Uh, yeah, but also absolutely. have have a vision because they may not have one. They may read your book and, and, and have a completely different vision of what you want to get across than than you do, but you're the author.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. I think and even I would even say maybe even less than two hundred fifty dollars if you're really strapping for cash, like a site like Fiverr i i've i've gotten some designs for shirts from there in the past Mm it was i think it was 25 dollars, and then you can you can choose to tip the person so i was like you are very much underselling yourself so i will (laughs) give you some some extra money here uh for five designs and i was just like and i was so impressed like there was so one of them is being out here in austin we love our queso out Mm -hmm. here so it's an everything will be okay so (laughs) shirt and i gave her what I thought were like real, just silly, ridiculous directions. I'm like, can you make a queso swimming pool where there are some chips jumping into it? She, I don't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> she put it together, and I was just so impressed. that I was like, thank you. And she's not, I think she's based in Pakistan. So not, you know, she, she, that, not she, familiar with Or queso. swimming pools. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I was just like, "Can you can you do I, this?" And then for I'm, the other ones, just so vague, and she she nailed them all. It was amazing. I
1: I'm, I hope there was one on a diving board. I'm am seeing that now.
0: <laughs> yes, there's one. Uh, well, one jumping off the side okay. of the um. So as if as if a diving right. board. Uh, but yeah, and one of them has sunglasses oh, on. C- and it's perfect. Ah, uh, it's so magical. So so much better than <laughs> if I had tried to do it. It would just be a bunch of triangles that look terrible. Well, Chris, you're almost off the hook, but we always like to wrap up with the top three. And so, for you, how fitting the top three horror novels.
1: Number one, we mentioned it before. I mentioned it before. um, Has to be Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Um, It's. I've I've read this since, since taking more of an interest in writing. I've read up on his philosophy and and the problems he had writing it because it's incredibly dark the subject matter involving the child and every everything he took it to a level that no horror writer had ever done before as he's done many times but this was this was into a darkness that was you know pitch black um from which many may not recover and but it is it was the most terrifying book i'd ever read um a, a lot of his books i mean shining i i'm embarrassed to say i read it when it first came out uh and it, it was definitely creepy, but I wasn't scared. Pet Cemetery had me terrified, um, and and that's really, I think, what you what you want. Um, another one, and this is not one that you would normally consider as um, as a horror book, but um, Dean Koontz's Watcher. Um, which involves, uh, which I love. It involves a, um, a golden retriever, uh, which has some powers um, and, and is incredibly creepy and incredibly scary, and wonderfully written and a wonderful. Um, but the the owner of the dog, they, they have a an interaction that that's just. It, Incredible, and and with as a as someone who really loves dogs, which obviously he does. But the book just gets scarier and scarier and scarier, and you don't know where it's going. and And I've I read that one probably thirty years ago, and it still stayed with me. The third one, um, actually, I've got to see what the title is. It's right here. Uh, is an author um, that not everyone knows about, though. He's, he, I mean, you think I'm prolific? This 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 guy's done. W- I think two a year for just unbelievable length of, length of time. It's the influence by Bentley Little. Very, very imaginative horror. Very um, sharp. Uh, he, he doesn't he doesn't um, pull any punches. Um, it, it's they're profane. They're they get really quite nasty, um, but but very well written and very very absorbing and you you just th- this particular one was one as it's on my top 3 list it, it's it i'm it's in in a tiny town in the middle of Arizona um in the way in the desert um a man by a circumstance goes and stays with with relatives um as an alien presence arrives in the town um and it just from that you wouldn't think it's creepy but it builds and builds and builds word by word until about halfway through, you, 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 first of all, you can't put it down, but you also can't sleep. <laughs> um so i I mean that, that's my criteria i want I want that. If I'm gonna read a scary book, I book, I want to be scared.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. so do you do you read them at night then so that you you can't sleep, or do you try to do it earlier in the day so maybe you can get some my
1: deep- ritual um, is that I read uh, with my morning cup of coffee, which is at a, at about nine o'clock in the morning. Actually, what I'm saying is about eight o'clock in the morning. Um, I read and and fiddle around for about two hours um, before I settle down to writing. Uh, and and at, if I do read at night, I won't read a horror story. <laughs> it's I'm I'm yeah I'm too susceptible.
0: Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. Uh, and anything that's making me think too much before bed, I'm like, I don't want this. I don't want my brain doing doing that many circles. Well, a
1: couple of the ones I've I've written, and the one I'm writing now will be. I do get to the point where the spook factor of what I'm writing is creeping me out. <laughs> and there was there was one point when I was um, writing. I think it I think it was the lodge. No, it wasn't it? It, it was legacy that it gets very scary at a certain point um, and when the thing, little things start to happen. And people who've read this say it really creep, that does that, that section gets you creeped out and you stay creeped out. Um, but it creeped me out to the point that the house was starting to scare me a little bit <laughs> And because we live in a 250 year old little Eng- English house in the countryside. Mm-hmm. And it's got all sorts of creaks and groans and funny spots and, you know, so.
0: (laughs) Well, you're doing something right then if your own house is is starting to trip you out. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Chris, you mentioned it earlier, but if people want to visit you, want to pick up one or perhaps all of your books, where can they find you?
1: Uh, com
0: the newly minted chriscomple.com yes, right? and from there there's fresh, also fresh out the yeah, oven. and
1: there's links to um <laughs> facebook and instagram and twitter from there as well so that's the best place to start
0: awesome Chris Comple, thank, thank you so you. much for hopping on this was a blast hope you get some good uh good music playing in today in addition uh to all of that good writing and of course we got to end up with a corny joke as we always do i'll make it topical since i have this uh, the beard on me. I actually, I actually didn't like this beard at first, but then it grew on me. Ah. Get after it today, people. <laughs> Good people, cool things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you were a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. As always, you can send me a message, Joey at GoodPeopleCoolThings Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People Cool Things check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com as always thank you for listening and have a wonderful day